You're listening to the Extraordinary Fan Podcast, coming to you from the Duncastle Studio in Naples, Florida. And now your hosts, Riley and Billy. All right, welcome back, extraordinary fans. You've got Billy Dunn and Riley Morris. What's up, Billy? Not too much, man. We've got a uh, got a lot going on in sports. However, thankfully, thankfully for us, um, a lot in NBA. Um, kind of our wheelhouse more than anything else. Um, so that being the case, we'll just jump right into the show. Um, and I guess just in case anybody hears any clinking going on while we're uh, running you through this week's uh, interesting sports stories and uh, observations, we should talk about our drink of the day. Yeah, you might hear some some ice. You might hear a little, little cling of the glass. Um what are we drinking on tonight? These are delicious. Yeah, we got a Kentucky Mule. We've been we've been going with local Southwest Florida uh, brews. Um, we've got a lot of uh, pop up breweries, as you know, have popped up nationwide. But here in Southwest Florida, we've actually got some really good quality uh, beer um, between Momentum Brew House. You've got Naples Brewery and something we're going to be checking out tomorrow, which is um, Millennium Brewing Company, which is in Fort Myers. They do a big food truck thing on Fridays. And we're going to take the show out there tomorrow and do our first ever remote there and kind of enjoy that whole scene. No big deal, but it's millennial. Millennial. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> uh, that'll be the first mistake of the day. And uh, if we get really good at editing, maybe we won't even hear that. So I could work um, on it. Yeah. So the, the drink of the day is a Kentucky Mule. And though we normally try to keep it somewhat local, uh, this time we're we're going to be moving around a little bit because we wanted to switch it up, get away from beer for this week, and uh, talk about a cocktail. Uh, a part of the Extraordinary Fan website, and that's at uh, theextraordinaryfan.com, we have a tab for the Extraordinary Man, and this is something that we're in the and it's in development. Um, we've teamed with a few people in fashion and in uh, personal care as well as uh, some liquor, and so that's kind of what this is coming from is. Uh, the Kentucky Mule is something we're going to feature on The Extraordinary Man, uh, which is a nice unwinding drink at the end of the day. Um, just in case anybody does want to make this out there, um, you want to use uh, a quarter lime squeezed. It ends up being about one tablespoon. Um, you want to use in between one and one half or two ounces bourbon. Uh, today we're using bullet bourbon. Um Love bullet. Yeah, bullet's great. It's got great flavor to it. And then you're going to use four to six ounces of ginger ale. And you just want to pour that um, to your taste. Uh, we're we're a little bit higher in the bourbon and lower in the ginger ale today, um, as we've done this before. And uh, we tend to like it. But it's delicious. It's smooth. It's actually, it's not heavy. It's very refreshing. That lime juice, uh, at least that's my take on it. Nice work, Billy. You're very talented at making these drinks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, we've got um, uh, we've got a bartender tonight. Uh, she'll be taking care of us throughout the night, and uh, also helps us out with our uh, voiceover work. That's convenient. Um, yeah, so so that's uh, it's a nice setup for us, multi talented. But um, in saying all that, let's just go ahead and dive into sports. So uh, let me ask you this: the Charles Oakley thing. We touched on this last week. Um, did you happen to see the Draymond Green quotes coming into this week? Draymond Green. 
said something about comparing ownership to slavery when it comes to owning a team sport in the NBA. Um, I didn't read the entire article, but I kind of got the gist of his comparison and mentioning James Dolan. Yeah, the you know the whole Oakley thing. It kind of set the world on fire for a few days, but he talked about he. he well, at least he got a chance to do the car wash with ESPN and go on, you know, Fox Sports Radio, all these different radio programs, and give his side of the story. And um, sounds like they're trying to make amends, but he has uh, said he's not looking forward to, you know, being invited to go attend a Knicks game and sit next to Mr. Dolan. Yeah, and it, it you know, there's so much weird. Isn't it just weird? Like there. There's so much weird stuff. Well, it was this. weird when we saw Latrell Sprewell. That's what I mean. I mean, that was kind of like the first step of weirdness. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just pose for the cameras. Hey, look at me. Like is, is anybody is anybody under the delusion that Latrell and Grandmama are hanging out with James Dolan? <laughs> uh, no. Not, not unless they are getting paid to do that, which yeah. they... I'm sure were comped for every single thing that they had that night in New York City. Yeah, that that was a uh, a PR uh, extravaganza right there. That was, you know, as as much as I guess it was a, you know, he was making an effort there, I guess, and and trying to show that he had some sort of uh, kinship with the previous Knicks uh, alumni or what have you. Uh, but man, like it just felt like pandering. It felt like we're all smarter than this, man. Like. Don't come running these guys out here now after you just chokeholded and, and dragged Charles Oakley out, you know, to an alley where NYPD carted him off to jail. I And I'm not completely exonerating Charles Oakley and his actions either, but the whole, you know, you know when you call somebody a liar and they react too quick or they get too defensive? Sure. That, that's what that's Dolan tell, felt like. Right, yeah. Right there. There's some sort of, there's some level of guilt there. And sometimes you try to put people on the money and tell them how things are and see their reaction. That felt like that's what happened with Dolan this week. And you had the immediate Twitter response from the Knicks organization talking about they hope Charles gets help. Uh, Dolan said he hopes Charles gets help. Right. I mean, it, and then and then you see them run spree and, and grandmama out there in front of everybody like this is just this is what we do charles should have been sitting next to me i don't know why he's back there like it, it just felt like this is what we do and i can't believe you guys didn't notice nobody's that dumb like we all understand it's pandering yeah well dolan's paying his pr people quite a bit of money and this is the only thing they come up with because what what else could he do other than just say i hate charles oakley i banned charles oakley what are you going to do about it? He has nowhere else to go. <laughs> it's funny you say it like that, though, because you're, you're exactly right. Like, There's only two responses here that are, whether you agree with them or not, there's only two versions of a response that are respectable, where you don't have to agree with the person, but you got to say, look, like, I, I, can't, I can't overturn your feelings. Like, That's a valid, like, if that's how you feel, you're man enough to say it, then whatever. Like, you own you own the Knicks. Like you've got control of Madison Square Garden. Like that that's something that if he wanted to come out and say, I don't like Charles Oakley, I don't want Oak back in MSG, I don't want him affiliated with the Knicks, and just took that stance, how could you I mean you might not agree with it, but you can't say anything about it. Well it's like a it's the required apology now, the fake apology that you get from people when they mess up. Oh, I'm 
just going to read, you know, a scripted apology. I'm sorry. I have no actual words that mean exactly what I want to say, but this is what I have to say because otherwise fan outrage, internet, you know, nobody wants to have more of that uh, because it will come if, if he didn't, you know, make and, that kind of a move. And I think everybody's prone to make mistakes. And that's why I think, like, you can either make that stand, saying I don't like Charles Oakley, I don't want him here. Or you can make the other stand, which is, you know what, my bad, I shouldn't have done that. Like, obviously we had some bad blood, things got out of control, it was a terrible situation. And invite Charles back and, I don't know, give him a give him a role within the organization. Like, because he does deserve that, as, as a lot of longtime veteran players of organizations uh, do end up receiving. There's two ways to take those things, though. It's either lean into it and just say, look, like, this is how I feel, and I really don't care how the rest of the world feels. Or, man, we totally, we totally missed this here. It was off base. It's our fault. It's my fault. Let me get out in front of this and apologize and just do it the right way. I'll tell you what I would like to see is James Dolan and Charles Oakley being introduced to the Knicks lineup coming out to their theme music, Fake Love by Drake. <laughs> no, that's real. Yeah. That would be that would be perfect. I mean, that's what should have been playing when they put Spree and Dolan on, or, the, right. on the jumbo drum, yes. right? Like, yes, in the background. So uh, that's a good call, though. Um, but I, I'll tell you this. There's two ways to handle things. I think Dolan handled it, um, obviously, in the worst possible way. But let's take a look at two organizations that have made mistakes. You got the Knicks. I mean, they, they've they not done – really, if you just remove that one run where Mike goes and plays baseball, if you remove that one run that I, I think every basketball fan in the world would admit would never have happened if Mike wouldn't have been playing baseball, you would have had Bulls, Rockets, Bulls would have won, I'm biased, whatever. But when you look at it, they wouldn't have had that run. So you're talking about – I'm 36 years old. They were – talented and they were competitive for a very long time which they haven't been for a very long time but I kind of have those two sections of life where you had talented would compete every year in the playoffs but never get to the chip and then you've had what's happened since then you know post Ewing and, and Oakley and these guys and so I think you're obviously doing something wrong You've made your mistakes, and now you continue to perpetuate those mistakes. The Phil Jackson thing it looks to be a dumpster fire, and there's just all these extra things. Now take a look on the other side. Another organization that's made some mistakes. Philadelphia? No, they're failing to uh, future is what they're doing. They're heading, in, they're heading in a different direction than the Knicks, though. Absolutely, and they, it, they've gone through a lot of pain, but, God, so have the Knicks. I mean, sure. they've just chosen to do it on their terms as opposed to the Knicks, who's kind of done it you know, writhing and twisting in the wind in front of everybody. The Sixers just said, look, we're going to take it on the chin for a little while, and we think we're going to be able to put it together. Trust in the process. Yeah, and the process is both a, a team, a uh, uh, an idea, and apparently now a player. But um, That's right. You know, no, the other team that I felt like has made some public mistakes between what's happened with uh, post the big three in Miami with the, the departure of LeBron – with the public uh, back and forth between Chris Bosch and the organization, and then what I feel is one of the biggest tragedies in sports history is letting Dwayne Wade walk away from your team. Uh, he never, every time I see him in a Bulls jersey, it, it makes me sad. I just, he should be in a Heat jersey. And I see two organizations that have both had their failures 
and had their successes on some levels. Obviously, the Heats were much greater in recent history. But I can tell you, the Heat are comprised of a lot of smart individuals, whether they made mistakes or not. Pat Riley is maybe the godfather of basketball these days, right? Yeah, my main man, Pat yeah. Riley. And, and what did they do today? Did you happen to see this? What did the Heat do? Yeah, they named a new executive. I did not see this. Um, a former Miami Heat NBA champion is now going to be sitting in the front office. Not I only know. will it be Alonzo Mourning. Yes. But you also have now Shane Battier is going to be. Um, Good for him, man. That's great. Absolutely it is. Um, you know, he's he was always obviously an extremely cerebral player. And I don't know if you've heard him much on radio and TV. He um, He's phenomenal and just an extremely smart basketball player, smart man. And uh, what they've done is they've put him in charge of analytics. Oh, that's great. He's a smart guy from Duke. Obviously made, you know, a longer career than, than most guys with his overall skill set typically do in the NBA. Uh, but because he's so smart and he's played for great coaches and understands uh, X's and O's and analytics, um, that's that's a great move. you got to keep in mind, um, in 2014, he's a teammate of the year. Um, he uh, also received the Magic Johnson Award for Excellence on the court um, with cooperation with media and fans in 2013. And uh, both of those were during his time with the the world champion Miami Heat and um, you know so those are your two people right James Dolan's throwing out former Knicks dragging him out by their throat Pat Riley's got Zoe sitting there I think largely bringing him along to take over one day and now you got Shane Battier which man that's that's a lot of stand-up people in an organization that's a lot of intelligence. There's a lot of basketball acumen all wound into one place. And it feels like the Heat have never come out and said, hey, we made a mistake with Dwayne. That's never happened in that sort of a way. But here's some things that they're doing to right that ship. And the problem is if you're a free agent and you're looking at going to New York, I don't know that you go there. Between the drama with Phil, bad-mouthing Mello publicly, wanting the triangle and forcing that on the coach, Dolan and that dysfunction. I don't know that you want that stuff. I don't know that you feel comfortable with that stuff. And then you get the Heat, who turned their back on Dwayne, um, were bitter when LeBron left, and then had this uprising with Chris Bosh, have found a way now to soften that blow, turn the page, and show that they're still a championship-minded organization. Yeah, well, I think the... Knicks have been irrelevant for, what, 15 years now going on since they actually were making any kind of noise. Yeah, um, I agree. Going back to Allen Houston and those guys. And the Heat aren't about to do that. They invest. They've you know purchased a D-League team to, to bring up their guys. They, they got eight guys right now that are NBDL, former NBDL players. Yeah. It's the most in NBA history. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and what they do with their summer league team, too. They had the, the guy that coaches their D-League team 
run the summer league. Yeah, and I Dan, think Zoe actually was, uh, you know, assistant head coach for this year's summer league. Well, not Zoe. It was uh, Juwan. Oh, Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard. Yes. Another guy. But again, another guy. Another championship, high character, uh, uh, you know, high basketball IQ guy. Um, so they've got, you know, you. they're not bringing back guys that, that are fly-by-night guys. They're bringing back loyal, hardworking, professional guys and guys like Juwan. Guys that so, Miami uh, fans loved. Absolutely. Too. And Juwan wasn't here long. Right. But Juwan was the embodiment of the championship uh, credo, which was 15 strong. And th- right. I think I think he's always carried that uh, with him. Um, so in saying that, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of my observation this week, is you get two very different organizations, both experiencing some issues about – you know, impending free agency and, and success of the team and long-term uh, and going about it completely differently, even in, in the midst of, you know, some, some public failures. Well, as we approach the uh, NBA trade deadline that comes up here pretty quick right after All-Star break, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of moves both of these organizations make. Obviously, the talk with Carmelo has been out there. At this point, it doesn't seem likely that there's going to be a suitor that can make that move happened, and Carmelo has publicly been on record saying that he hasn't been asked about any potential trades. Um, but I think Miami's got an opportunity to to shake things up a little bit. Not necessarily going to benefit them for this season, uh, you might say, but Pat Riley is about building a championship uh, caliber team, and he knows a thing or two about that. Yeah, the, you know, the the question is, is he going to build it like he always has before, through free agency and trades, or is he going to take the longer play in the drafting and player development process? And I think, you know, we touched on this a little bit last week, is they're the best in the, in the league at fixer-uppers. You know, they are, they are a, a house flip HGTV television show hosted by Pat Riley, that takes projects like Hassan Whiteside, turns him into a $100 million center, max-level player. you got... Um, Chris Anderson's is a good example, not with a salary like that, but just value. Absolutely. And when you're looking at um, Tyler Johnson now, you know, Tyler Johnson was on the summer league team. He was the last guy to make the team. Yeah. Um, phenomenal jumping ability and athleticism has developed into a really, really good player. He was in the midst of a bidding war for his services among many different teams um, this offseason and got himself, I believe, a four-year, $50 million deal. Um, and he's been a really strong player. Then you got Okaro White that just got signed to back-to-back 10-day contracts. Came out and, of nowhere. Yeah, and, and this kid has been strong. He's not. He, look, he's not starting anywhere. He's not going to be your sixth man. But he's become a solid rotation player. Plays hard defense, plays smart offense, and that's all you can ask for on a guy that's not a star. And I think they do such a phenomenal job of developing these guys, bringing them up. Um, now you got Showtime, Willie Reed. Um, you've got all these guys that just were guys, and now they're, they're NBA players that have some value. And I just wonder, it's hard to walk away from Hassan because he's got still some upside and some development. But you could pull a lot for Goran. 
I got to think you can get something for James Johnson, though I really like that guy. Yeah, I do too. He's, um, he's as tough as they come. I think he and got, he's a, and he's a leader. That guy, he is really a is. Leader. He is. It, you know, when the when I think it was in the Celtics game that Hassan got yanked to the ground, and James Johnson hurdles him to come to his rescue to make sure he's protected. Yeah, you know, that's just a guy that you want on your team. That, and to be honest with you, they got another one sitting on the bench over there that's not getting much run this year, which is UD. And uh, so I I love those qualities. Right. You know, you need those guys, but. I just think that they've got some assets along with the guy I think you have to move is Deion Waivers. Well, if he were a stock, yeah. This guy is a sell, sell, sell right now. Uh, it's just a matter of do you take the first offer? Do you wait? Do you, do you see if his value changes? Um, I think both him and Goran should go. They play well together. And I, Dragic I, is shooting unbelievably well. It's his this best season. of his career, yeah. and you know he, he, him and Dion play. Uh, they feed off one another. They do, and I think you know part of this the sell portion is people, other people noticing that too, and you know that might limit some of the the suitors out there. But the reality is, is you don't have a championship level team right now. You've got some pieces. The big pieces you're excited about are injured and not playing right now, and Josh Richardson and um, Justice Winslow. Yeah. So knowing all of that, I, it's my opinion. I think you got to blow it up, get what you can back, and then have a team that's not so great for the rest of the season in the hopes that you get a higher draft pick, you're able to flip that for assets, and see what you can get going next year. But Pat Riley tends to be, uh, you know, the, the source of great information on this. So I'm sure he'll uh, choose the right thing. The ball father, um, right? Yeah. So in uh, in talking about all that, um, what else do you see in the NBA? Well, let's move to kind of the highlight right now with All-Star coming up. I'm excited to just kind of take it all in. Every single year when it, when it comes this time, all the best players get together. Um, have a great time, show off their skills, build some relationships. You know, I'm not all that interested, all that crazy about the actual All-Star game itself, but some of the other um, competitions surrounding it, which I think we talked about it the other day, the Rising Stars Challenge game is going to be fun to watch this year. There are a ton of guys that are going to be in that All-Star game for years to come consecutive years to come playing in this game uh, as well as the celebrity all-star game both of those playing tomorrow night I'm looking forward to that sounds like the four-time MVP Kevin Hart will not be participating this year is that right yeah however he's gonna walk away like that like man that guy's got he's working his ass off man like that guy's got a lot of projects going on right now oh that's Um, no excuse yeah well he likes to say he's the hardest working man in show business you can take one night off come on uh yeah, I mean, everybody loves to see Kevin out there. But, you know, that, that celebrity one is great, especially because, like we talked about last week with the three-on-three league that's coming up, you're seeing a lot of old retired – I shouldn't say old – older retired stars uh, coming back, you know, to, to show off their skills. And in this year's celebrity game, who's my guy? Justin Timberlake. Negative. Uh, uh, double nickel, white chocolate, Jason Williams. 
Oh, really? Yeah, he's going to be showing off his he's skills. playing in, in the celebrity game. Yeah. Oh, cool. And if ever there was a game for him. I want to see 15 elbow passes at least. The crazy thing is he's older, and we both know something bananas is going to happen. Well, it depends on who else is playing in the game on how bananas he can actually get because his passing is, is ridiculous, and alley-oops is really something that stands out when he, you know, throws the ball up there. So I hope there's some high flyers around at least. And typically they are, but they are older high yeah. flyers. The, um, his statement I thought was interesting on that Area 21 with Kevin Garnett. He was, he was asked about the new age point guards and, and how he would stack up against them. And he said, look, I couldn't score with these guys. They, they, they would kill me as far as how much they're scoring the ball. Sure. But he said assists, I'd average over 20. <laughs> and I, I don't I don't I, I, I believe him in that. James Harden is you know When getting, you got guys that aren't skilled passers averaging double digit assists, you think a skilled passer might have that opportunity. Well you saw Rondo lead the league last year and he was in Sacramento. And he also is bare, he was barely able to get a job this year. And he's also not a scorer. So yeah, I believe that because there's so much more opportunity. The, the game seems to be pretty fast, and they're calling a lot of fouls. And 20 sounds insane, but um, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, me too. Um, so, All-Star Weekend. I miss, yeah. I miss the old All-Star Weekends, man. <laughs> it's funny. As we sit here, we've got on a 120-inch screen, we've got a uh, – uh, a screen going with NBA TV, and what they're doing is recapping all of the old All Star um, skills competitions. You know, not just the um, three point shootout, but also dunk contests and whatnot. And right now, they're in in the uh, dunk contest portion, and it's funny to watch some of these because you see what that dunk contest has been in its best times, and also some in its worst times. And I think we continue to fight this problem where you just don't have the premier names in the dunk contest. And obviously this year it's, it's um, unfortunate you lost out on Zach Levine with an ACL tear uh, just about a week or 10 days ago. And so it would have been great to see him come out to try to repeat. And you got Aaron Gordon, who was a near miss for the uh, victory last year. But I, I just want to see guys who are going to be stars. You know, when you used to have Kobe. Yeah, it you loses used to have my Mike, interest, man. You used to have Neek. You used to have these guys that were going to be stars. And um, I'd love to see Andrew Wiggins. I mean, is there anybody else you can think that we got a high quote a confidence uh, that they're going to be a star in the league um, that are young? Is there anybody you can think of that? I would like to see Damian Lillard out there. Yeah, you know, Lillard, he is sneaky in that way because he maybe, does. Maybe Brandon Ingram for the Lakers. Yeah, long, I mean, lanky. somebody that, you know, we were watching, they had Desmond Mason and Actually, what they're showing right now is kind of the biggest tragedy to all of the dunk contests, where they put a wheel out there and spin the wheel, where now you got to emulate a dunk. And, uh, of course, Dr. J just spun it, and it comes up one of Dr. J's <laughs> classic dunks, and now these guys got to emulate that. I mean, they always hate when people say the next Jordan because they feel like it's unfair to that person. And now you're supposed to take one of Dr. J's dunks, show it to the crowd, and then you're supposed to do it? Dude, this was this was like twelve years ago when they thought they ran out of dunks, so they just said, "Let's do a bunch of the most famous dunks ever." I kind of like the premise, 
for someone who's not creative. Yeah, it, it does. It does feel like he took a lot away in doing that. Um, Jason Richardson up there, man, that guy. Yeah, he was killer and crazy. Developed an amazing three point shot late in his career. I mean, became an absolute marksman. Um, but I will tell you, I will send out on on Twitter at t extraordinary f. Uh, I will send out a few uh, clips for you to take a look at. If you're looking for a dunk contest and you're looking for interesting dunks or or uh, eye eye raising dunks, you got to go check out uh, at the real frequent flyer, and that's on Instagram. It's Guy Dupay. Um, he's uh, you know there's many claims to uh, to a nickname there, and I think most of them he made up. But Mr. ESPN and yada yada yada. But the best dunker in the world, um, in many people's opinion. Uh, but that guy is amazing. And you've got a lot of a lot of people out there. Team Fly Brothers always puts together great videos. But the sad thing is, the NBA D League, their dunk contest is probably going to be better than the NBA dunk contest because it almost always is. The college dunk contest is also pretty pretty awesome. Even the the McDonald's All American one. Because you got like a lot of guys that don't have to play defense to be where they're at currently. You get to the NBA yeah. and you start weeding those guys out. You might just have freak athletes that don't play basketball well, but can do these things. Well, the NBA just has the best camera angles, obviously, and the crowd. So if you do, you know, an average dunk over a Kia, you're going to get a 10. Um, yeah, that was a terrible dunk. Ah, Blake Griffin. Man, It's I tough, know. and I'll give it to him. It's tough when you're 6'10", man. Is that Gerald Walls? Yeah. It's a young Gerald Wallace trying to do the elbow dunk and he failed. Oh, he did a forearm dunk sorry, instead. Buddy. Yeah, the um, <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, dunk contest is weird now. I, I'm really more interested in the three point than the dunk contest, and I'm um, most interested in things like the celebrity game and the sh- the uh, I almost called it the Schick rookie game, but I don't know what they're calling it these days. Uh, but um, but yeah, the, there's a lot to be excited about. It's all coming up this weekend. And uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to sit down and enjoy some really exciting and uh, interesting basketball. Well, the All-Star Game, I know, is going to have that element of drama with, of course, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. I watched the game last Saturday when they played. The Warriors just ran through them like it was nobody's business. But the interactions between those two on the court were getting you know escalated as the game went on and it was it was interesting to to see the interaction to see some of the jawing they really never talked about the other other player at all anytime they were asked questions about it but uh you know there's there's something there and everybody's expecting a little extra well you remember like those old bulls knicks rivalries they were just rough you know yeah oak charles smith anthony mason and you got Pip, Jordan, Ron Harper, those guys. That was a those were rough interactions, man. Like those were tough games. Bulls Pistons too. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that you remember from that is there was venom. There was venom between those two teams. It wasn't guys who grew up playing AAU together and then they're gonna go grab you know steak after the game or whatever have you, or they're planning a vacation together. And look, I love Dwayne as much as anybody, but that takes away from some of that rivalry. Is I want him to try to dunk on LeBron. I want him to try to rip LeBron. And unfortunately, it feels too friendly. And um, in saying that, that's the one thing I really like about this whole Westbrook-Durant thing is there's some venom. 
Definitely. I just wish that they could trade Kyrie Irving off the East lineup for Westbrook on the West lineup so that he could have, have another on the same court at the same time together. What's the over under in Vegas of Westbrook passing the ball to Durant? Because the over under has got to be zero. Well, and... dude, Steve Kerr gets to make that call if he's if he's going to put them in that situation, and I'm sure he's going to try not to. I read somewhere that Steve Kerr said that he was going to do his best to acquiesce to Westbrook. That Westbrook, the smart thing for him to be, as he is an opposing coach of a team that he's got a lot of venom towards, is to kind of let Russ do what he wants to do. Which, again, I, I mean, the best Russ for us to see is a mad Russ. So I, I'd prefer that he do what he can to piss him off personally. Well, I believe Westbrook won the MVP last year of the All-Star game. He did? And I got to imagine he wants to win it again. Especially and, if he's going to take that away from somebody else. Yeah, Kevin Kevin Durant has had his fair share of stardom in that game, too. I think he's he's won it at least once. So he might actually get the treatment of, all right, you can go ahead, start the game, you know, play a few minutes, start the second half, play a few minutes, call it good, let these other guys do their own thing. And that makes it easy for him to avoid the awkward KD and Westbrook connection on the same, on the court together. How awesome would it be if they were co-MVPs and had to raise the trophy together? This is an NBA 2K, Billy. <laughs> hey, Stockton and uh, Malone did that. Kobe and Shaq did that. Did they really? Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, it could be, it could be interesting. But, um, well, hey, you know, it's about that time. My my glass is fairly empty. I don't know about yours. Uh, here is a glass of the yeah yeah. I got I got I, ice cubes. I need, yeah, I you need and me both. Refresh. I've got tasty ice cubes, but ice cubes nonetheless. So we're gonna head out to break, uh, get a refill, get another Kentucky Mule going here, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. But before we let you go, uh, we just want to let you know that this first half of our podcast today, the Extraordinary Fan Podcast, is brought to you by. JM Lexus. They're found over on 5350 West Sample Road in Margate, Florida. They are the number one Lexus dealer in the world. Um, they've been that for now 25 consecutive years. Um, they've got a new as well as a certified pre-owned and pre-owned department um, that they are there to help you. And uh, they actually don't really have hours. I know they like to say that they're 9 to 8, uh, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7 on Saturday and 11 to 6. But I guarantee they didn't get to be number one in the world with putting restrictions on your purchasing power. So get in touch with them. You can find them at jmlexus.com and a great organization uh, to reach out to if you're in the South Florida area and looking for a Lexus. But we thanks, uh, thank them for their participation in the podcast. And we'll be back with you shortly just after this. Extraordinary fans, we're returning to Duncastle Studio in Naples, Florida. And now, back to the guys. And welcome back, Extraordinary fans. The second half of our podcast is brought to you by 
Lighthouse Realty of the Islands, located at 359 Periwinkle Way, Sanibel, Florida. If you're interested in Gulf Front seasonal vacation rentals or condos for sale, you can reach them at 239-579-0511. Lighthouse Realty, lighting your way to your next stay. All right, Billy, so first half of the show, we spent quite a bit of time talking about NBA, talking about All-Star. All the time, really. Talking about problems, talking about wishes. Um, I think it's safe to move on from that. What do you What do you think? Fully agree. All right, so let's go into a little more of uh, our wheelhouse and America's wheelhouse, NFL. Just this past week on Wednesday, the ability to franchise tag a player was allowed to all of the teams in the league. And there's some interesting conversations to be had about different teams and what they may or may not do regarding certain players. And for those of you that don't know exactly what a franchise tag is, it's ability to assign a player to a one-year deal without having to extend that out any longer than just the one season. It's kind of a transition from if you're going to be a good player, we'll pay you like a good player. If you turn out to be good, great. We we'll, might sign you to a long-term deal. If you turn out to be a dope, you're probably going to go play for another team. Now, how, how are they compensated? Well, the way that they pay these players for franchise tags is it is the average of the top five NFL salaries at that position. Uh, so it's kind of interesting because, you know, the salary cap has been increased the last couple of years with the NFL. So I ran some numbers. A quarterback average salary, top five, is about $21.5 million if you get franchise tag this year. You're probably not taking out any loans after that, right? Compared to running back, 12.7 mil. Wide receiver, 15.8. And let's go defense with the safety at 11.7. But that's just for one season. So you can see that does take up a nice chunk of your salary cap um, if you end up franchising a player, but you're not invested long term. However, in the NFL... Why sign guys to long-term deals when you can just get rid of them pretty much whenever you want? And a lot of the time, you don't have to pay them uh, everything that you were promised if you were a player signing a deal like that. So I, I'm i a fan of, this, of the franchise tag and a player that is willing to say, yes, tag me. I dare you. Watch me. I'm going to go out. I'm going to play well, and I'm going to earn my money. And I'm going to earn it either from you or I'm going to earn it from one of the other 31 teams in the league. What do you think, Billy? Well, who's the franchise tag good for? Team or the player? Right. Which, which side benefits the most in that? I don't know. I mean, it, it, it seems like the team is the one that always benefits, though. That's the way that it is portrayed more often than not. Like, I understand they're compensated well, but I'm not a fan of the franchise tag. And the main reason is because we always talk about a player's longevity, their health, the risks that, that are out there. 
you put somebody on a franchise tag, they blow out their knee and never play again. That franchise tag, though it paid them well for the one year, um, it sacrifices what they could have had over many years. And, you know, if it's your team, you like it. You know, if you're, if you're looking from a fan's perspective, you like it um, because it allows you to keep your guy, you keep him uh, well paid, um, but you all, he, keep, he stays invested in his own future performance. So there's a lot of benefits for the fan, but the thing you always have to remember, and I know it's always hard for the masses to feel bad for the, the millionaire, but the thing you got to understand is their earning power only lasts so long. And the things that they're putting themselves through are things that you and everybody else in life has chosen not to put themselves through because it's, in fact, too tough. And because they've gone through all that, because they've more or less tortured themselves in certain ways and then risen to the top through all this, this is another way, it seems, that it's like a bailout on their dream. And I just, I, franchise tags just never sit well with me, I guess. I, I feel like the, the it's a rented player is what it is. I mean, in the NBA, they always talk about that at a trade deadline is, you know, you're getting a one-year rental or a, a partial year rental um, in certain situations to try to make a run. And in the NFL, what you've done is you've said, look, we like you enough to keep you. We don't like you enough to pay you. And we're willing to risk your future because of that. Yeah, it's it's a non-investment. It's, uh, all right, well, let me just pay a bunch of money. I get them for a year. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, we can write that off. Well, and theoretically, you're not paying a bunch of money. You're paying slightly more money than you would have paid another quarterback to come in and quarterback for you that you didn't like as much. So maybe you paid sure. that quarterback $14 million as opposed to, I think the number you gave out was 21 and a half. So now you're talking about, okay, it's going to cost me an extra $7.5 million this year. Okay. So I'll pay this guy 14 who I don't like near as much. Um, and, and so really that's your choice is it's not, it's not vert. It's not paying this guy long-term. It's what would your choice be if you couldn't franchise tag this guy and you don't feel confident, you're not sure. So you let that guy go. Well, then you're going to get a guy that you don't like as much for a cheaper amount of money. I just, you know, in, in the idea of free marketplace and um, capitalism, that just, and especially among the most successful capitalists, are these NFL owners, right? Like, sure. our, you know, uh, was it Arthur Blank and, and Robert Kraft? Like, these guys are just in the Super Bowl, right? Like, they've risen to the top of their respective fields. It's capitalism. They were able to do that, they succeeded, right? So, here's somebody that's doing the same. And you're limiting their earning potential. And Robert Kraft can make money late into his 70s and 80s. Yeah, you know, Arthur it's Blank, not their only revenue stream either. That's, right. that's and, the other thing. Arthur Blank is able to make money into his 70s and 80s. You're talking to a guy who's 31 years old, 30 years old, 32 years old, 28 years old, and you're going to franchise tag him. If he blows out his knee, I'm not complaining about him walking with $20 million. But I am saying that Arthur Blank's made a hell of a lot more than $20 million. And he's able to make that every single year for the rest of his life. And I just don't understand. That's, that capitalistic society has offered him that ability. The NFL is being governed like a socialist society in spreading the wealth and evening things out and not allowing the players to make money in the same way. And I, So I went on a soapbox a little bit there. But I, 
Yeah, I'm just not a fan of the franchise tag. Well, the other thing about the franchise tag is you get tagged one year, you get the money that I just described, the top five average NFL salaries. You get tagged a second year, then you get 120% of the top five NFL salaries. And money in salaries are typically only going in one direction, which is up. So you get tagged twice. I mean, you're going to be making quite a bit more money, and the team has to make that decision versus actually signing you to a deal. So let's talk about some of the guys that are potential candidates for the tag. Uh, Le'Veon Bell comes to my mind as number one guy. He has had issues with uh, drug tests off the field. He has had a couple of knee injuries. He's missed some time. But without a doubt, he is the most dynamic player on the field when he has the ball in his hands. And the Steelers are really considering franchise tagging him. For a number of reasons. One of them is they have to sign Antonio Brown, which I think they are nearing an offer or a deal. Um, you know, as of today, I saw some reported news on that. But, but this guy. But he's, why, why do you franchise tag one versus the other? Because you're not sure. Also, the, the position. What do you mean by the position? One of them is more replaceable than the other when it comes to what the position requires. Well, I will contest this. I, I don't know that I don't know that Le'Veon Bell is replaceable. And I think at receiver, though I don't think you're gonna get Antonio Brown, I think there's talent out there to get. The difference I think is the reason why you franchise tag one and not the other is because if you franchise tag Antonio Brown, you gotta pay him wide receiver money. If you franchise tag Le'Veon Bell that was on average, I want to say by the numbers that you gave out, was somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four million dollars less than what the wide receiver money average would be. And then God forbid you have to do it a second year where you're at 125% of that number, which, by the way, I think is another, another tragedy. Why? You should never be able to be signed back to back to franchise tag. Right. I think the penalty should be a little steeper. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think it should be allowed. You, you know, even if you look, if if this is a part of the legislation and they they have to have this in the league, it's a part of the CBA until it's negotiated out and otherwise. Um, you know, speaking of CBA, how in the hell did they let a franchise tag in? Like, why would this? I don't know, man. This just seems like you're putting the player at complete risk with a very small benefit. Versus what the team, the owner, and the organization get to do. Um, I just, man, I, I don't know why they would ever have allowed this. But in saying that, um, that's the reason why they would franchise tag one and not the other, though, is the money. And God forbid the second year, franchise tag again. But you're talking about a guy in Le'Veon Bell that I would make the argument that he was he was the MVP this year. He was as valuable as can be. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, who was serviceable last year in the same position for the same team, had good numbers, but nobody does what Le'Veon Bell does when they have the ball and how effective he is out of the backfield catching and running. And, I mean, Antonio Brown, you know, you can't say enough good things about him, and he should get a long-term deal because he's been, he's been underpaid. 
um, given the production he's had. And he hasn't had suspensions and, and injuries like Le'Veon has. Uh, however, his little, you know, pub, uh, media storm thing for the, oh, the Facebook AF, Live. AFC um, wildcard game. Yeah, that was that was interesting, and the team didn't appreciate that. Yeah, do you think that earned, that affects his earning potential? No. I think it increases it. <laughs> I mean, I guess it puts him out there a little bit more, but other players we got looking at here. Um, Terrell Pryor, one of your one of your fantasy football weapons this year, Billy. Uh, Browns are considering franchising him because the guy's a question mark. He's a question mark, but let me ask you this: He's earned the money, right? Like, I don't know if he's earned a four-year deal. I mean, hell, look at his stats this year. You tell me he didn't deserve. What was he, he doing two years ago? And he's a quarterback, and he wasn't a bad quarterback. No, he was doing nothing. He was a quarterback before that, but he wasn't playing two years ago. Two years ago, he's out of the league, or two years ago, he's in Oakland, and that was like being out of the league. Yeah, black hole. That right. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this: Terrell Pryor deserves to make money. You know, if you if you're a music artist and you come out with a hit single, it doesn't matter if you think it's trash or not; it's a hit. It, it brings good numbers. You deserve to get paid off that. If they want to use that for marketing purposes and all that, you deserve to make that money off. It doesn't matter what your future is. You deserve to make money off what you have just done. And in his situation, it coincides with his free agency. I, I just think that's terrible. Let's say, let's say for instance, he doesn't um, actually pan out to be any better than what he is so far. Um, do you think... Why take away his earning potential? Well, given that the average wide receiver makes almost $16 million a year, it's worth a gamble. What was his salary this year? Probably a million. So do you think he outperformed his salary this year? Sure. Let's, let's give him $3 million. Do you think he outperformed his salary this year? Fair to say. So nobody's giving him money for what he did this year. No, of course And now not. nobody wants to give him his money long-term off of what he did this year. This just does not seem like a system that's set up well for the player. Well, it's the NFL. You don't get paid for what you did. You get paid for what you're going to do. Yeah, but you're not allowing him to get paid for what he's going to do. You're only going to pay him for what he's going to do in a very short window. Well, it's, very, it's, it's unjust. I can certainly agree with that. I look at... Another player, uh, my guy, Kirk Cousins. He's been making $850,000 a year for the first four years. He just made over $20 million this past year with his franchise tag. What are they going to do there? Are they going to sign him? They're going to franchise tag him again. They're idiots. What would you do? I would give him a reasonable offer, but that's the thing if you have a quarterback who's going to hit the open market somebody's going to pay him you know this is the funny thing though somebody that's decent i'm going to contradict myself is how franchise that kirk cousins you would kirk cousins exists. you want to pay him 24 million dollars this year yeah for one year i mean either that or you're going to have to sign him to one of those deals that jay cutler and colin kaepernick got signed to that are big numbers that you know, the team isn't necessarily they got on out. the hook for that, right? Like, you're going to have both of those quarters. It's ironic that to even talk about that because Color and Kaepernick are both probably getting cut this offseason. 
uh, and the teams are going to avoid you know those uh, amazing salaries going forward. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's the contract that I offer him and try to sign him to. But you know, I just I don't know free marketplace, man. Like capitalism. If he's worth it, he should make it. Let him get out there and make it if you don't want to pay him. The, the issue that you run into, and the only reason why franchise tags at times make sense, is in this situation. And it'll, it, it's protecting the team in this situation, which I get. I just don't like it. Well, a quarterback is the reason you make or miss the playoffs. Majority of times, that's the reason that you're either on the mountaintop or you're at the at the very bottom. You've already fallen off. And it, not to say that the Redskins are anywhere near that, but they've made the playoffs two out of the last four years, and it was because of quarterback play. Yeah, the rest so of the team has been basically interchangeable. Uh, the defense has never been any good uh, since Sean Taylor, and they've had some weapons on offense. But the quarterback play makes or breaks a season every year. So um, look at our playoff quarterbacks this this season. Everybody but Brock Osweiler was awesome. Come on now. I'm trying not to call you out on this. Miami Dolphins made the playoffs with Matt Moore. Yeah, he's freaking awesome, bro. I mean, for a backup quarterback, he is. <laughs> but that's my point, though. You either have a – and this is one thing that's getting right, drowned Tannehill out. Tannehill was awesome this year. He played really well. Come on, awesome or solid? He was above average. He was not awesome. He was almost as good as Kirk Cousins. Which is not awesome. <laughs> Pro Bowl quarterback, by the way. Man, that's a joke, too. I don't even want to get into that right hey, now. Hey, Matt Ryan couldn't show up, okay? The uh, Yeah, really. But, that you know, that that's um, – oh, man, that's sad. They just showed up on the screen – uh, Daryl Dawkins uh, from one of oh. the old uh, NBA dunk contests, which features Ricky Davis. Uh, can you remember what he's most known for? Um, Played for the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers at the time. He actually got a triple-double by shooting a shot on oh, the opposing goal. That's right. So he could get the rebound to get a triple-double. That's right, and then they flagrant fouled him right after he did that. Which, I mean, he deserved. <laughs> That uh, great dunk, actually. But, yeah, they were showing Daryl Dawkins, uh, which is sad. He passed away this year, or last year, rather. Um, you chocolate know, the, Thunder. Uh, yeah, Chocolate Thunder, you're right. The uh, What was it? The Thank thank You, Ma'am, I Am Jam. That was the first one. Uh, but, yeah, he used to name all his dunks. And uh, they got a, right. Chris Anderson's in this dunk contest with no tattoos. Dude, what a blowout he's got going on right there. Man. His stylist made money on this. Um he actually looks kind of normal. Yeah, he does. Oh, my God, and wildly athletic. Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> yeah, drugs ruined that guy's career because that was insane. Uh, do you know who wins this dunk contest? I think this is 2005. This is Fred Jones for the Indiana Pacers. Oh, I forgot about that guy. Yeah, uh, I met Fred a couple times when I lived in Indianapolis. He was a nice guy. I used to work for Finish Line when I was coming up, and uh, – he did some autograph signing events at our stores and stuff. This is when Dunk Contest took a nosedive. Yeah, you know what? Fred Fred did a great job, I thought. Like, that Chris Anderson dunk, the, the Ricky Davis dunk, those were great. But, um, man, we just – it felt like everybody was reaching for these Dunk Contests. It just – it wasn't natural. Um, but, hey, you know what? Real quick, I want to make sure that we shout out another sponsor. Um, 
and they've been with us uh, from the very beginning. We're we're now obviously fill, uh, recording our third week and uh, our fourth episode as we normally do a uh, local hour. And um, so they've been with us since the very first episode and hopefully will continue with us. And uh, that's the bar. They're in Clifton, Illinois. Um, they recently had a complete renovation, transformed what had been a brick shell into the most exciting new bar in the historic Clifton, Illinois area. If you'd like to call ahead, 815-405-8264. And if you'd like to uh, make your way over there, they, they can be found at 417 South Main Street in Clifton, Illinois. If you're in Clifton or Kankakee or the surrounding area, is really a neat place. They have free pool on Mondays. They have free dart dart games on Thursday. And uh, they always have great music as well as uh, drink specials. Um, check them out on their Facebook page at The Bar in Clifton, Illinois. They always have a, uh, a big turnout for games, whether it's... Uh, you know, just the Cubs games or uh, whatever football games are on, and I know like they like to show up the uh, throw up the occasional uh, uh, movie as well. Um, but man, yeah, cool environment. That place sounds really cool, Billy. We got to check that out some more, man. Absolutely. And you know, I know we're we're getting down to the end of our show here, but you mentioned movies and something we talked about last week was sports movies. Some of the greatest ones, some of the ones that you know, resonate with us. And it's been on my mind like the entire last week that we missed some movies, man. As, as I was just thinking about it on my own, um, it's been bugging me. Yeah. You know, the idea behind our show, for those that don't uh, know too much about us, and if you don't know too much about us, you can go to the extraordinary fan.com, read more. We've got some articles listed there. Um, kind of give you an idea. The idea of the Extraordinary Fan is to be something a little bit different, a little bit better. Um, we don't want to be focusing on stats and scores all the time. We want to talk about the uh, more penetrating or emotional issues that are involved in sports. Um, and that's why we get wrapped up in this NBA talk a little bit right now because for uh, you and I, it tends to be a little bit more emotional than, than everything else. I think we, you know, that does resonate more with us. But as it comes Without to movies, doubt. you know, movies is one that we we want this show to be fairly transparent and we want to be able to talk and do things in a way that is natural without a whole lot of preparation. So we threw the movie thing out last week, right? And you're right. We did. We missed quite a bit. Yeah, it was fun. But yeah, you go back and, and kind of think about it with without, you know, kind of just diving in, which we sort of did. I didn't I didn't really re do any research. I just thought about movies that I remember from being a child that were special and memorable. And I thought better than any of the other garbage out there but let me let me uh, we list, whiffed we whiffed on a few absolutely and let me list our biggest failures in this let's hear it and you're gonna laugh uh i will tell you one of my top five movies of all time no matter what genre or uh, era that we're talking about is uh rocky oh my gosh you're talking about sports right the I, I really only consider it a trilogy, but that resonates with me big time, I know. Well, I will tell you, Rocky is um, Rocky is the movie, though, right? Like, it is a sports movie. There's no question there. However, it is, and, and for those of you out there that don't know the true story behind Rocky. Unbelievable, man. Go, 
hit Wikipedia, you know, look up. You can actually go to YouTube and uh, type in Rocky, you know, the story. And uh, you can find the, the, the excerpts of actually Stallone telling you how all this came to be. And it's pretty remarkable because uh, the story of how Rocky came to be makes you love Rocky the movie even more. Without a doubt. The guy, <laughs> it's an underdog story with multiple levels. Right. It, it's an underdog story about an underdog story. Like, right. It, right. It's one of those things that it truly <laughs> doesn't even seem real. If they tried to portray this in a book or a movie, you would not believe it. But this literally happened and then produced one of the greatest underdog stories, which happens to be one of the best sports movies of all time and also happens to be one of our biggest failures for not having mentioned it. You're you're right about that, man. Um, and I love Stallone. Not 100% love him, but I loved him in that movie. Well, it's hard not to love him after you understand what it took to make Rocky. Without a doubt. Uh, I mean, they even go as far as to explain that the reason why people make fun of the way that he talks is actually a birth defect. He was actually uh, strangled by the umbilical cord, and that is a, I don't want to call it a retardation, but it, it's something that um, impairs him. And that's naturally from him. And I don't, I don't remember offhand if it was a stroke or just uh, oxygen deprivation where they, you know, it's stunted that part of him. That's a part of who he is. He's turned that into his characters. He found a way to make that work. So every time you go to make fun of the way he talks, and I've done it numerous times before I even knew about that, and zero times since then, uh, but, you know, phenomenal story aside from the movie. Yeah, we should work on our impressions for next show. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that we're there. <laughs> um, here's another one, a comedy, Major League. Oh, dude. Right. How can we forget about that, especially with the Cubs and the Indians playing this year in the World which, Series? Which, I mean, you got to be respectful. It's the World Series champion, Chicago Cubs. Oh, that just sounds weird. But yeah, that's right. That's who was it's, there. It sounds magical is what it sounds. <laughs> but man, wild thing. And Wesley Snipes, and then whoever the hell it was playing uh, Wesley Snipes in Major, Major League Two. I think it's Omar Epps. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, um, you know, that that is a very cool movie. Winning! <laughs> that is a very classic movie, long term. You've got a few other ones I'm going to throw in here. I don't want to I don't want to go into too much detail on these. Uh, but um, The Natural, uh, League of Their Own, uh, Raging Bull. Happy Gilmore. Uh, wow, that's actually a really good comedy. That's... Very smart. I actually, yes. I don't even have that on this list. Yes. Uh, Bull Durham was another one. Uh, and then the one that will bother you to the same level as Rocky. Field of Dreams. I mean, yeah. I, we, we missed some Caddyshack. Oh, there you go. That one bothers me more than Field of Dreams. I, I'm just amazed. Uh, you know, you could throw in some movies like The Blind Side. Never seen it. Any given Sunday? Any given Sunday. That was what I was thinking of, man. Steaming, Steaming Willie Beeman. Steaming <laughs> Willie Beeman. Cameron Diaz. Uh, yeah, yeah, Cameron was hot in that movie, too, though. Uh, you could, man, they're reaching on some of these. The, Al Pacino. The Karate Kid. Eh. It's a hobby, maybe. Um, <laughs> God, this is another one you did mention, actually, which is Coach Carter. Coach Carter. Moneyball, Invincible. Yes, Moneyball. He I got forgot game. how good that is. Okay, Denzel. Uh, they put the color of money in here. Color of money is Paul Newman and Tom Cruise. 
That is a billiards That's movie. Sports? Yeah, I don't know that that qualifies. But I will tell you, in a, man, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to laugh at these two. Talladega Nights. Oh, yes, man. Dodgeball. Uh, they do not include dodgeball. <laughs> I think that's closer to a hobby. Is this IMDb? Um, this is actually Google Movies. Okay. Um, they put Seabiscuit in here. Get out of here. No. But, uh, you know the other one? Man, this is too funny. It's actually funny just looking at the cover. Uh, cool Runnings. <laughs> oh my gosh. John I love Candy. Cool Runnings, man. <laughs> Cool running for sure. I would yeah. I would put that in there at least in my top twenty. Yeah, that's that's funny. That was growing up. That was a big movie, you know. I loved it. Disney, um, Disney does it right when it comes to sports movies for most part. Yeah, the um, but yeah, we missed so many of them. You know, the ones that we did touch on, um, Hoosiers, Rudy, um, White Men Can't Jump. White Men Can't Jump shows up there. Yeah, absolutely. Another one they bring up, and I did mention Hoop Dreams, which shows up here as well. Um, Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yeah, I love black people. True. That was a uh, a phenomenal movie as well. They bring it. Tin Cup is another one they throw in here. Oh, I love Tin uh, Cup. And Brian Song, the original, not the Mackay Pfeiffer version, but the original. And James Caan actually is the uh, actor right. that was in that movie. That's right. Um, but yeah, the, there's um, obviously a lot of great movies. We want to bring them up. If, if you guys are listening out there and you want to uh, get involved and tweet us your favorite movie, if you would do it at at, uh, at The Extraordinary Fan, uh, which is at T Extraordinary F, and send us your favorite uh, sports movie with hashtag sports movie TXF. Yeah, let us know what you guys think. If you agree, if you disagree, if we missed one, uh, we're, you know, love to be interactive with, with anybody that's that's out there listening and Give us, give us a shot. Show us what you think. Um, well, before we say goodbye, and I think it's time to say goodbye, isn't it? Uh, we're getting up on it, yeah. Okay. So before we say goodbye, uh, anything more to add as we close out this week, heading into trade deadline for the NBA? Uh, you got pitchers and catchers reported for MLB last week. You've got NFL offseason. Um, NHL, unfortunately for me, I will be getting more involved in this going forward. I am a Blackhawks fan. But uh, there's just not enough interesting there for me to really dig into yet. You got anything to, to add? Uh, not anything specific, but one thing we touched on earlier was about Draymond Green's comments. And as tonight is a Thursday, that means that NBA on TNT is going on. I just got a news update. Charles Barkley says Draymond Green comparing basketball players that make millions to slavery. Quote, asinine. Quote, stupid. Charles is very outspoken. I feel like this might be building into something uh, that will grow some hair as we continue. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree that it will that it will actually be perpetuated into something much larger um, and be a part of the conversation. Unfortunately, over a uh, cele- celebratory weekend for the NBA uh, for All Star Weekend down there in New Orleans. Um, yeah, we'll- so just wanted to throw that out there because. Popped up on my phone here. So give me give me a quick thirty second take. What's your take on that? I tend to disagree with Charles in general. Um, you know, more of a Shaq guy. <laughs> Just kidding. Laker guy. When it right. comes on takes, but I don't really know enough to to give any kind of thoughts on it. I don't even think it should be a conversation. 
but it felt like a pot shot to me. It felt like something easy to say to create a stir. Well, right. It's, it's you're taking a, a white billionaire media. versus a black millionaire and just trying. It just felt like you're, you know, I talked about pandering on the Dolan side earlier. It felt like he was pandering to the crowd with bringing Spree and, and uh, Larry yeah. Johnson out. I feel like this is pandering in the other direction. Uh, just trying to bring Build in an controversy. Army. And Build it, an army, you're right. It, yeah. it just, it, there, there's no need for it. I just don't think... Right. It, it's not. It's too easy to say. You know, it's too easy of a... That's a grenade that you pull the pin, you drop and walk away, and then you turn around and look at the ruins that it's created. It's a, it's a divisive thing to talk about without a whole lot of... Uh, you know, he didn't give a whole lot of his own take after that. It was more or less just he wanted to drop that bit it. of information and walk away. It reminds yeah. me of college basketball, college football. The the take of these guys should be paid. It's borderline slavery with what they're doing. They're not being compensated. See, but that, you don't hear the players saying that stuff. Yeah, but though. even still, though, that's an argument you can make. That's real. I agree. Those I, guys aren't making money. Those guys are putting themselves at risk. That's an right. argument. If Draymond wants to come out for NCAA football players, that's a conversation I think even Charles with the proper um, education leading into that conversation <laughs> would absolutely be able to adhere to. Uh, Fred Jones yeah. just about shut down the dunk oh, contest I from think it's over. Uh, what year is this? Oh, four. Man. Yep. There's a 50. So, uh, yeah, but in any case, conversation uh, to be continued, I'm sure as, as, uh, time goes on here. Yeah. As we come back after, uh, all-star break, I'm sure that, that we're going to have a lot of, uh, information to go over. But last week I left you with my favorite quote from the replacements. Yeah, Keanu. So uh, this week I'm going to leave you with another quote, and I'm taking it straight from YouTube so you can hear it in Stallone's own voice. And as this ends, we're going to just fade out. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Amazing. Um, we'll see you in one week, um, and uh, you'll be able to catch us here again on the podcast. Again, we will be recording tomorrow live uh, from... We're going to be going to the Millennial Brewing Company in downtown Fort Myers tomorrow night. Food trucks out there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and we'll have uh, we'll certainly have another drink of the day for tomorrow. So this is a this will be a good week for us. Uh, but saying that, um, uh, I'll I'll sign off and say goodbye. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to us at on Twitter at txt extraordinary f, which is the extraordinary fan. You can find us on Instagram at the extraordinary fan or on Facebook at The Extraordinary Fan. Cheers, Billy. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what, no matter what happens.
You're my son, you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life.